G'day, I'm Scott Gibbons, and today we start a new program. It's called On the Road. It's a show you're going to love. It's all about caravans and camper trailers and motorhomes and tents and four-wheel drives and all the things that you love about our great nation. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about, and we're going to talk about things that we can see through the radio. So if you're ready, let's get the show on the way. Hey, you're probably looking for somewhere lovely to go to, and if you're doing it, you're going down South Australia way, then go down to the Wichelina Nature Reserve. It's about 4,000-odd square kilometres. It's very remote mountain rangeland with desert landscapes. It's very, very interesting. It's about an 1,800-kilometre run from Sydney and all about the final 20 kilometres of bitumen. So pretty easy drive, but take your four-wheel drive because you'll have some terrific trips down there. Uh, the people that I know, they did four very different tours from the homestead over two and a half days, and the trips were about 100 kilometres each. Uh, Ridge Top is one of the ones they would suggest. That's to the northwest and the dunes to the south. Now, it's run by a nature foundation because it is an old township. It's the old Farina township. So it's run by the nature foundation. And what happens is they will charge you a fee to drive the tracks, which is $50 a vehicle for one day, or you can do the two days for $70, which is a bit of a bargain. Now, there's no EFTPOS, no EFTPOS at Winchelina, so it's best to pay in advance. Uh, and when you've got phone signal, you phone through to the Nature Foundation office in Adelaide, which is naturefoundation.org naturefoundation.org or you can ring them on 08-8340-2880 that's 08-8340-2880 now the, the drives are fairly easy the track conditions are generally well maintained you've got to look out of course for sharp rocks and moist clay pans but the gorge drive is just terrific there is a duty manager there and he'll advise you of anything uh, there's really no traffic there there is diesel. You can get fuel at diesel uh, at Lindhurst to the south and Marie to the north, and other fuel types are available at Lee Creek further to the south. Now, you've got camping there. You can camp near the homestead with showers and flush toilets for just $10 per person per night. $10 per person per night, shower, flush toilets, or you can stay at a remote location and just use the long drop for half the money. But I think if you've got the ladies with you, they'll give you the other $5 and you can have the hot showers and the proper flush toilets. Uh, bring along your own drinking water. That's one of the things they suggest. Bring along your own drinking water. There are no powered sites. Uh, bookings and payments should be made in advance. Again, you can do that through the naturefoundation.org.au, naturefoundation.org.au. Or again, call them on 08 2880. But there's plenty of beautiful flora and fauna down there. There's a few brumbies that are roaming around. Uh, the Nature Foundation's culling a few of the ferals as well. They've introduced species, some of the species that were introduced, like cactus and whatnot. So everything's there. So in drought, there's little fauna, but you did. Uh, you, you did get to see, or these people did get to see, some roos and lizards and whatnot. So take a UHF radio, always go with a UHF radio. Uh, the drives are remote, so you're not going to see a lot of people down there, so make sure you've got your UHF radio, and you're just going to have a good time. That's called the Wichelina Nature Reserve. To win an award as a caravan manufacturer is pretty big. But let me tell you that Sunland, and they're up in Caboolture in Queensland, but Sunland Caravans, they have won many awards, including the Alco Best Aussie Van Award for 2018. Now, the new van that they've got, which is the Phoenix, is fabulous. If you're a, an off-road fanatic, if you really want something that's strong, robust, rugged, but with all the comforts, 
then you've got to have a look at the Sunland Phoenix. Just brilliant. Now, some of the things that it has, it uses Cruise Master XT independent suspension. Now, that's rated to 4,200 kilograms. That's outstanding. You've also got airbag suspension. Now, that's wonderful because it, it has auto leveling. So it's, it's supplied with an onboard air compressor, and the Cruise Master also supply comes with the DO35 hitch. That's the off road hitch. So that's excellent. Importantly, the framing on the Phoenix is aluminium. It's not timber, it's aluminium. It's fully riveted, and it's brilliant. Now, the outside, there's no real aluminium on the outside. It has the the insulated walls. So you've got insulated floor, insulated walls, insulated ceiling, just terrific. The windows they use, uh, and they have a different, Sunland use a different pattern, if you will, for the fitment of the window. So rather than just having a single window, they tend to have one lower and one upper, which is really clever because of a night time, you can have the upper window open, still have great security, but you can have the upper window open so you're getting fresh air through your van. So Sunland Caravans, if you want to give them a call, they're in Queensland, 07-5499-2250, 07-5499-2250, or go to their website, sunlandcaravans.com.au. But look it up, the Sunland Phoenix, P-H-O-E-N-I-X. I'm Scott Gibbons, you're listening to On The Road, we'll be back with you real soon.
Hey, great to have you listening. This is Scott on the road, and we have got some great things for you on 89.9 Hawkesbury Gold. I've got a special for you. Now, this is a fantastic special, and it's for you. It's for any car in your family, any car in your fleet. It's called Tire Dogs, T-Y-R-E-D-O-G-S, Tire Dogs. And where do they come from? Our friends at Just Chap. JustJap.com. Now, this is a special, limited time special because they are running out of stock tyre dogs. So, if you want to know the pressure of the tyres as you drive along, now you can air down, you can air up, it will adjust automatically. But as you drive along, you know your tyres heat up and you want to know how much pressure you've got and indeed what sort of temperature you're getting. That's what tyre dogs do. Fabulous thing. So, you just screw them onto your valve stem. So, there's four of them that come. Screw them onto your valve stem. Fabulous. Now, you might look them up on eBay and you might find TPMS, they're called, Tire Pressure Monitoring Systems. You might find them for $600, $500, $400, $300. You're going to buy them today from JustJap.com for $200. And if you tell them that you're listening to Hawkesbury Gold, that you're listening to Scott on the road, Hawkesbury Gold, you will get free postage and handling. So that's just sensational. How do you get them? Email will, that's W-I-L-L, at justjap, J-U-S-T-J-A-P dot com, or send them, uh, give them a phone call. Just give Will a phone call on justjap.com. How do you get him? You just give him a ring on 95450532. That's 95450532. Again, limited offer. They're running out of stock. Tire dog, tire pressure monitoring system, sensational. I've had my set of tire dogs. Oh. I got my first set about 12 years ago, I reckon. Best, best, best thing. Won't go without them. So there you go. Justjap.com. Fabulous people. You'll love it. Anything that you need for a Japanese vehicle, talk to them. They are sensational. They're in Kirui, just south of Sydney. Justjap.com. Now, some of the questions that come in, uh, the different people ask. I've, I've done some research again for you. One of the questions was, and this came... Uh, well, the answer came from Malcolm Street, who's a bit of an expert on all of this. So thank you, Malcolm, for your answers on this. I've read one of his articles recently. And the question was, can I drill holes in the wall of my caravan to mount a new shelf or cabinet? And Malcolm says, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do that. However, be very, very careful because some of the caravan manufacturers often run their mains 240-volt cables through the walls and across the roof. So a mistake could be very, very expensive. And we don't want to go to any more expense because all we want to do is have our money for the fun. So be careful of that. There's another question. Can I wire a car fridge into my vehicle or install an Anderson plug? Well, yes, you can. If you know what you're doing. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, yes, you can. 12-volt systems in caravans are becoming increasingly complex, but in your vehicle, it can be pretty simple. But it's very important you know what you're doing. It's very important to have an understanding of some of the issues, such as the cable sizing, the voltage drop, the battery charging, the connection. So yes, you can do it. I didn't do mine. I took it to my auto electrician and said, you do, and then everything's fine. I know it totally, totally confidence. He's doing it every day. I'm not. So what he can do in an hour or two, I could take a week or two. So over to you if you know what you're doing. Fabulous. Another question that came through was, what other 12-volt jobs, uh, the do-it-yourself jobs, can you do? Well, generally, in the modern RVs, unless it's repair work or adding lights or 12-volt, 5-volt charge outlets, uh, the older rigs, pretty easy to do. The newer rigs, again, 
I'd recommend you head straight to your auto electrician. They know what they're doing. And the auto electricians, by golly, there's some of the things they do which are pure genius. And they look at the other work that's been done in your, in your vehicle and you might say, well, you know, I did that, my brother-in-law did that, my mate did that. Let them have a look at it because you're running a rig that's worth a lot of money. So what sort of tools do you need? Well, you basically only need a basic toolkit. So you need some uh, insulated, some pretty good, um, a decent, decent quality, insulated electrical pliers, insulated electrical screwdrivers, your wire cutters, your other handyman essentials such as your battery drill and your drill bits. A 12-volt test lamp is good. You need a 12-volt test lamp. You need a multimeter. And other handy items would be coloured rolls of insulating tape and plastic cable ties. Of course, aren't those cable ties excellent? Whoever invented those, thank you for inventing those. So there you go. Malcolm Street's a bit of an expert. He's given us those answers. I pass them through to you. You're on 89.9 FM. Hawkesbury Gold, the best in the West. You're with Scott Gibbons. This is On The Road. Thank you. 
Hey, you're with Scott Gibbons. This is On The Road. And speaking of On The Road, you might as well get on the road and head down to Victoria for the Melbourne Leisure Fest. It's the official industry show. So you've got four-wheel drives, you've got caravans and motorhomes and camper trailers and, and all the fittings that you could put onto your vehicles. So this is going to be a great show. So it's October 3 to October 6. Uh, adults, $18 to get in for a day. If you want a two-day pass, $23. If you're a concession, $15 for day one. A two-day pass, $20. This is going to be a beauty. The thing is that because it's the official industry show, there's going to be a lot of exhibitors there. You might need two days to get around there. You'll be able to go through your motorhomes and check everything out and see the, sl- the latest slide-outs that are going on. Uh, you might go to the caravans, you might look at the camper trailers, you might look at the new inflatable annexes that you can get now. There's so many things. And, of course, it's the little fittings and fixtures that you can get to make your camping life that much more happier and easier. So it's the Melbourne Leisure Fest. It's the official industry show. And it's on October 3 till October 6. So uh, it's at Sandown Racecourse, which is pretty big time. It's only it's about 25 minutes outside of Melbourne. You can get there by public transport. Uh, if you're going down there by planes, then, then you, can get, uh, you can get out to the show pretty easy again. One of the things we're going to try and do on on the road is to interview people who are actually caravanners or motorhomers or campers so that you can get the real story, the real story about what it's like out there on the road, how they bought their vehicles, what sort of things they drive, where they started. So these people are not paid, these people are are not sponsored, these people are uh, real fair dickum Aussies who are out there doing it and so they've got no axe to grind and they've got no polish to sell. It's all real. So our very, very first interview that we've got today is, is a fellow that I've known for oh, probably over 30 years. His name's John Liplaw, and he and his wife, they travel Australia, and they've been doing it for a long time. Let's go to that interview now. Here's John Liplaw. You've been caravanning, huh, as far as I've known. Forever. Forever. <laughs> so how did that happen? Well, Scott, we, um, we as kids, our, our parents used to uh, take us camping. They didn't have a lot of money, so we did travel Australia in tents and when our family came along we got the same idea and uh, did a lot of camping with our kids and then eventually realised that the, we were a bit too old for tents so we <laughs> we progressed from you know that to camper trailers and then pop tops and then now the, the full caravan. size you know go so everywhere. The tents that you had what sort of tents were they? Were they? Um, they were they were full size family tents that um, can't remember the brands but they used to um, Accommodate, you know. We had that. We had the the cupboards, and we had the sink, and we had the wardrobe. Yeah, the wardrobe. Oh, really? Play. Oh, man. Ah. So yeah, and uh, and where did you? Where, where was your longest trip? Do you reckon? With, with uh, well, we did we did things like Fraser Island, um, and uh, a lot of Queensland, um, South Australia, that sort of stuff. Uh, didn't venture much past South Australia, um, and. Um, yeah, so the kids, the kids eventually, um, we decided that it was all too hard packing up, particularly when it's raining, <laughs> and you got three kids and all the gear. So that's where we thought, well, let's go for something with wheels. <laughs> and and what was your first? Uh, we didn't. The first one, Michelle's parents um, owned. It was a little Coleman Cub camper. A Coleman Cub. And it was it was I don't know, twelve foot, twelve, twelve foot long, yeah. but with the both ends extended. You could fit a family of 20 in there. It was fabulous. <laughs> and we could tow it with just, a, you know, a, a, the, the car we had. And what was the car? Well, at that time, we had a, um, 
a um, Tarago bus. Mini a Tarago? Because it was not only able to swallow five of us up, it swallowed a lot of gear as well. So. Right. And, um, you know... And that was manual or automatic? Yeah, it was a manual. Manual? So we towed the little cub camper very well. Um, but then we decided that we wanted to have something of our own. Yeah. And in 1982, 80, I think it was, we we saw... A, a uh, Viscount um, ultralight pop top somewhere out near uh, Parramatta in a, in a yard, and it was like brand new. It had been it was two or three years old, but whoever owned it never used it. And uh, we fell in love with it and bought it. And we travelled around Australia in that thing with the kids and the had the surfboards on the roof and the. So what sort of suspension was on that? Oh, it was um, it was the Alco rubber cone setups. Yeah, you know, trailing arm with the rubber. Rubber cone, yeah. which, which was okay, but um, I'll tell you a funny story about that later. But it, it, it was um, well, we'd tell everybody it wasn't the greatest trailer for the van for towing it, anything above, above about 85 kilometers an hour. It got a little bit hairy, but um, and what were you towing that with? Uh, originally, we had a, um, a Mitsubishi Magna, oh, believe it or not, a manual 2.64. <laughs> And it used to tow this thing up Mount Oosley and never, never complained. Um, but it was, it was a little bit, you know, hairy, yeah. front-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you take that? What was your furthest journey with that one? Uh, the furthest journey, we did about 30,000 kilometres around Australia. But we didn't tow it. We, we, before that trip, we got rid of the Magna and I bought a, a second-hand Range Rover. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. And uh, it was like, you know, probably eight years old. Bought it from a guy up in Central Coast. And it was his baby. It looked brand spanking new. And I think he only drove it on Saturdays. <laughs> took, took it out of the garage, washed it, took it around the block. And it was a really good car. But um, I remember going around Australia. We had a problem with the water pump. And we walked into this mechanics uh, workshop in uh, Derby, Western Australia. And, and uh, I'm standing there in my board shorts, T-shirt, and I've got the Cooper hat on, and, and thongs. And he looked at me and said, mate, what are you doing out here with that thing? Like, in those days, having a Range Rover out in the middle of the bush was just not the done thing. It was that a manual? or not it was a manual. That was a manual. It was a pretty straightforward, you know, twin carby V8. But, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the people out there, they just, they wouldn't take them out there because you couldn't, couldn't get them fixed. No one knew oh. anything about them. What, what year was this, do you reckon? Uh, that was 91. Um, we, took, we took it... Uh, we took that. Uh, we had that. We bought that Range Rover in '89 to um, travel up to Fraser Island, and we were still, we were camping then. But we did have the, the caravan, but we we weren't. Yeah, it wasn't an off-road van. So, so, um, but you know, we did a lot, a lot of travel in this van. We took it down to the Air Peninsula, and we, you know, on a separate trip for about eight weeks, and we went all through Queensland and Victoria, and. Um, but the big trip was around Australia, and it was amazing that this little 17-foot-6 pop-top um, accommodated two adults and three kids and all our gear. And really, um, apart from one incident on the way home after we severely overloaded it, we came back through the Barossa Valley, and I was determined to get some good <laughs> wine to bring home. So I, I stacked about 10 cases of 10 boxes of um, wine in the back, and that ended up cracking the chassis. Oh. Um, so uh, that's the only thing, the only time it let me down. We, we travelled home. She was a bit lopsided, but we got home. And <laughs> they patched it up for me. 
but it was a good van. Um, but it was, like I say, it wasn't very happy. Yeah, 90, 90 kilometres an hour, and you had to be pretty careful. It started to get the, the wobbles the a bit. The shimmies. Um, but after that, we, when we cracked the chassis, we um, had it fixed by, um, uh, what were they called? Um, well-known sh- um, chassis uh, caravan repairers out Smithfield or somewhere. Barnes? No, it wasn't Barnes. Um, no, but then, anyway, they uh, they recommended they put a full chassis on it. Yeah. And I said, okay. So they did, and it cost me about four grand, and it was amazing. It was just the best caravan. I mean, you could tow it at 120 bucks. <laughs> so it still had the same suspension, but they just put a full chassis on and modified the chassis to fit the suspension. And, uh, yeah. So we had that for years. Wow. Yeah. And then we decided to, um, the kids had sort of got a bit, you know, gone their own ways a bit, so we decided back in 2000. So we had this thing for a long while. Yeah. A long, long while. And uh, it's, it's a wonder you never saw it. We used to have it parked out here in the front, front lawn for a couple of years. <laughs> But um, we bought a brand new Jayco, um, 19 foot six. Uh, I can't remember the name, the brand, the model, the model. But it was a lovely van. But we made a big mistake with that. We bought one with a combined shower and toilet. Ah. First time we went away, it was end of end of April, and we we're down the south coast, and it was pretty cold. And um, I got up in the morning to mid, middle of the night to go to the loo. And of course, we'd both had a shower the night before, and I'd walked in the floor, and it was like ice, and nearly, and nearly slipped and broke my neck. So I said, "Well, that's it. No more, no more um, combined shower and toilet." Because yeah, I mean, we re- realise then you've got to wipe it out every time you yeah. use it. So we got rid of that van eighteen months later, and went for another Jayco with the um, the full on suite. Full, full on suite, and that was that was a nice van, yeah. Where'd you take that one? Um, pretty much, it, it sort of pretty much just travel up and down the east coast. We didn't do any major trips with that. So was that and, a, a standard uh, suspension, or did yeah, you it was just leaf spring, dual yeah. axle leaf spring. Um, it was a very comfy van, lovely van. And then then we had a um, in two thousand and seven we traded that in on a second hand Jayco twenty five foot Heritage. A twenty five footer. Twenty five footer. Whoa! And uh, and you're towing that with. Uh, we'd, we'd migrated from the, the land, sorry, the, uh, the Land Rover, I bought a new Discovery, and then I ended up getting rid of that and bought a Prado in, in 1999. And... Are we still uh, manual or we automatic? No, I'd gone automatic right. after the Discovery. I went automatic, but then I had the, I had the Prado, it was a gorgeous car, I loved it, but it was starting to struggle a little bit with the weight. Yeah. Because the bigger JK, the 25-footer was just... Just okay with nothing, big nothing on board. Yeah, know. it was it was about twenty one sixty tear weight. So then I um, we decided to uh, buy a, a a Land Cruiser in two thousand five. So I bought a Sahara in two thousand five. So, so it, that it would have been the hundred series. The hundred series yeah. V eight petrol. Yeah, very thirsty, but a great car. <laughs> Loved it. But um, yeah, so. Um, then we we basically upgraded um, three years ago. Got re- we traded the twenty five foot Jayco in on a on a new um, uh, retreat Rivey, retreat which we have now. But I must admit, a lot of people in your travels, you you know, you meet a lot of experts, as you would know as a caravaner. <laughs> everyone knows everything better than everyone else. But um, you hear so many negative comments about Jaycos, and I've had I've had three Jaycos, two brand new and one second hand, and never had an ounce of trouble with them. There you go. 
you know. And, there you uh, go. I've, maybe I've been lucky, but I figure three out of three. I mean, yeah. you know, so I've been, yeah, I, I have nothing but good things to say about them because I think they're excellent value for money, you know. That's terrific. Mm. Hey, you, it's Scott Gibbons. You're on the road, and we're talking to John Leplaw. John's a caravan guru. He's just, he's had so many. You're hearing the story. You've seen and heard how many vehicles he's had, and, and now we're on to the new one, which is a river. We'll have a little bit of music, and we'll, we'll do something with, with water in, in that song, and then we'll come straight back and we're with John. All right, John, we've got the river. So that's arrived. Mm-hmm. And, and how no, was that? retreat. Oh, the retreat, I'm sorry, retreat. Yep. Uh, look, it's a fabulous van. I'm very, very happy with it, but it's, um, it's, it's a lot. We bought a, a, a full off-road vehicle this time. Whoa. Just, just on, the, on the off chance we might want to do something serious. We've always been into the free camping and getting off the road, but never, we've never really, if we've done any long, like we've crossed the, the Simpson Desert twice, we've done Cape York, and we've been up the Lawnhill Gorge and all this sort of stuff, but we... We don't take, typically don't take our caravans on those trips because we like to be a little bit more flexible. So we go in two-man tents and yeah. you can get into a lot of places that you, even with an off-road van you can't get into. So you tow your caravan to a spot? Yeah, quite often we, um, like uh, two years ago, we went up to uh, Darwin, took the vans up to Darwin and then um, had the two-man tents. So we just leave the, you know, quite often we just leave the tents on the find a deserted little spot off the road, which is harder and harder and, to find and, nowadays. There's so many damn fences So you around. just park your van somewhere? Just take it off where it's out of sight, unhitch it, lock it up, and disappear for a couple of days in the in the hike tents. Um, other other places, other times you might uh, find a caravan park that's nearby that... So, you know, you might, even if you pay, you leave your van where it's safe and off you go. But um, we find that's... Like, that on that trip, we went out to Chambers Pillar, we went out to um, Palm Valley, we did Lawn Hill Gorge, did a lot of um, stuff where it was so much quicker to get out and get back. So, so just and, you going? Like you... Oh, no, we normally, those sorts of trips, there's always a minimum of three caravans. On that particular trip, there were six of us, I think. Fabulous. Yeah, so we introduced some of our friends, we introduced them to camping about, uh, sorry, caravanning about three years ago. And shock horror, we said, well, we're doing this trip to Darwin and we're taking two-man tents and you can imagine, (laughs) you know, the shutters came down. But we got them out there and they loved it. They did love it. But you know what it's like out in the middle of the desert in winter? It's um, it's always blue skies. (laughs) The The chances of getting wet are pretty remote. So it was good. So the the retreat caravan? Yeah. What size is that one? It's a 22-foot-6. It's got... um, it's it's got fully independent suspension, um, cruise master. It's yeah, it's got uh, it's pretty luxurious. It's got leather interior and Whoa. you know it's got all the it's got a. So did you do any special tweaks to that? Did you option anything up that you think yeah uh, that, yeah, that well, was a good did, thing to do? A few things we we put a grey water tank in. Um, we optioned up the the um, cruise master suspension. Uh, did a little bit of extra cabinet work. Um, what else did we do? Put an extra solar panel on the on the lid and um, extra battery. But you know, nothing, nothing. I didn't do anything sort of crazy like full underbody protection and all that. I, I figure the problem with vans nowadays is they're getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. And now I've upgraded to a, a two hundred series V eight diesel. They t- they tow anything, <laughs> but still, 
You got three and a half ton on the back, even with the V8 cruiser, you know, the diesel cruiser, you know it's on there. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. So, um, but the van's it's the most luxurious van. It's beautiful. We love it, and it's uh, had it three years. Never had an ounce of trouble with it. Um, it's uh, it's a lot higher um, travel heights, a lot higher than a lot of vans, even off-road vans. So it's it's that sort of van. You can take it anywhere. You never have to worry about bottoming out the rear end like I used yeah. to do in all my Jacos because <laughs> they were always very low. Um, it's um, it tows superbly. Um, yeah, so I mean for such a big high van, it's um, it tows. It's very secure on the road. And the interesting thing is, I was I was a bit worried the first trip I did in it where we we hit a lot of wind and I thought oh, this thing's going to be all over the road because it's, it's you've seen it, it's well, pretty seen high. It. It's high. <coughs> But my theory is most of the wind goes underneath, <laughs> <laughs> and it's um it's really quite stable in the wind, uh, which is pretty amazing. Mm. So where have you taken that one? Uh we've really well we took to Darwin. That's the big trip it's done. It's been up to um, the Glasshouse Mountains a couple of times. It's been out uh, out west, um, nothing further than say. Uh, well, we've been down the Murray River, um, Victoria. So we haven't been further west than Victoria. But we've been up no further, sorry, no further north than say the Glasshouse Mountains. Done a lot in in New South Wales. A lot of you know we we have relatives in the Gold Coast, so we yeah. quite often tow it up there and stay on a beach somewhere. And but um, and the wish list now on on well, where to go. The wish list is next year. We've, we're we're heading off to WA. Wow. And um, because all of our travelling companions and us have grandkids now, it's difficult to get the wives away for more than about <laughs> ten weeks. So we, we're going to do um, <laughs> we're going to do the southern the southern part of WA next year for ten weeks and and um, the year after do the top half for maybe a little bit longer. We've we've seen it all, so we're happy to split it in half so they can all come back. And I said I said to my wife, why don't I just stay there and you fly back? And <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And um, I think we Michelle's keen to get down to Tassie in the van. We've we've been down to Tassie quite a few times. We've never never had the vans down there. Um, yeah, so at that, that stage, that's our short term plan. That's pretty good. Yeah. So the Land Cruiser, happy? Oh, I love it. Love it? Yeah, it's amazing. What, amazing. What's the ad say? Still loving it? Oh, I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a feeling! Yeah, I can't believe this car. You put the, my my te- the tear weight of my van is twenty seven forty, and I've added some stuff to it. Um, and you know, fully loaded with the water tanks loaded and everything, you know, all your grub and whatever you want to take. It, it I can, I can sit at you know, 95 kilometers an hour with the cruise control on, and it's only doing about 1800 rpm, yeah. and it just chugs along uh, perfect, peace and quiet, comfortable, smooth. <laughs> hey, you're with Scott Gibbons. This is on the road, and we're having a great chat. We're talking to John Leplaw. We'll have a little bit of music, be right back to you. John, what the things that you've done to your van? Where you were talking about, mm. you, you've changed some things. What's the the things that you find that people overload their van with? Like a lot of people go out and they just tick every box. Yeah. The things that you've yeah. seen that people yeah. don't need. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of people with, I think toys. But the, you know that's not part of your caravan design. But there are so many people with so many toys. 
and you look at the van, and the vans are like mine that are getting up around three tonne or three and a half tonne fully loaded, and then they've got... Um, kayaks. Kayaks, bikes. Push bikes, motorbikes. Motors, <laughs> boats. You know, and you think, that's got to be illegal. It has to be illegal. <laughs> and a lot of them now are full for the, the trap that you can, you can tow three and a half tonne with a, with a Ranger Ute or a, or a Navara Ute, you yeah. know? And, I mean, there's, there's a lot of... There's, People need to be really careful about... They need to do their sums before they jump in. That's the thing. Mm. Isn't that the thing? They it can is. just overload, and then if they're overloaded, mm. their insurance isn't covered. They're, so. they're, they're in deep trouble. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that they're risking their lives, you know. Yeah, because um, you are still got to use those brakes. Yeah. So what sort of brakes do you have? Not not your vehicle brakes, but on... On, on the, the van? Yeah. Um, I've got the 16-inch the wheels, so I've got 12-inch drum brakes, standard. I'd love disc brakes, but... I don't know um, whether Retreat actually optioned those at that stage, but <coughs> but uh, and I just use a Taconcha brake controller. Um, I'm pretty happy with the way that the thing performs. Yeah. A lot better than the the 15-inch uh, Jayco brakes. They were a little bit under underpowered, I thought. But well, the, yours is now an off-road. It's an off-road. Van, so yeah. I'm sure the Jayco off-roads would be optioned they, up they'd again. Not, they'd be optioned up with the with the bigger brake. Drums and dis- and, so um, you've got and an annex on this? No, we don't. We've we haven't had an annex since the last van, the twenty-five footer. We don't. Um, our travelling now uh, doesn't involve kids staying over or grandkids staying over as such. Um, so we didn't go for an annex. We have um, we have the walls, you know, the yeah, the security screens, you know, you can throw them in the van and just use them when you want. But we didn't didn't go for an annex because it's just more stuff you lug around. I'll tell you, with the other van, we had a we had we bought an annex seven years before we sold it. We probably used it five times. Right. Yeah, it's fifteen hundred dollars, you know. Yeah. Right? And when you when you <laughs> trade it in, you give the van the the, the <laughs> annex with the van, you don't get fifteen hundred dollars extra trade in. So we thought, no, that's just false economy. But if you know, a lot of people do longer term. If they've got grandkids and things, and then, grandkids then you've got to have the annex. Yeah. It's somewhere yeah. for the, as yeah. you say, some of those yeah. toys and yeah. somewhere for the kids to sleep yeah. or play oh, for or sure. somewhere for the dog. Yeah. So do you travel w- with the dog? Yeah, we do. We, um, it, that's the biggest problem we have is having a dog that travels really well, uh, but you can't get her in the national parks, and that's our passion. You know, mm. we, we don't want to just... Like going so the, to Western Australia, we, we, we've actually had to organise a, a dog sitter because most of the visits are going to be national parks. Yeah, that's a very, mm. very valid thing. Mm. But you know, there's more and more places uh, available now that accept dogs. And, um, you know, a lot of caravan parks, there's a lot of um, hotel pub stays now are getting into the, let, your car, you know, let people camp out the back as yeah. long as you come and have a meal. And yeah. most, they're all dog friendly, ones that we've been to. Um, but yeah, it is a problem, and I don't know. I'm not. I've never been a great one for locking the dog in the car because I don't think that's fair on the dog. Even though our dog will sit and sleep all day in the yeah. car, but to take her into a national park, it's hot. Yeah. It, I think it's. Yeah. it's I, I think people must be doing that, or they've got very well disciplined dogs that they lock them in the vans <laughs> and say, "Don't bark." While we're <laughs> <in> the, <you laughs> know. So when you, you you finished your trip, you come home. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? Do you wash the van? Yeah, it's in storage. It's it's down at um, the storage area in Heathcote, but we're lucky here. We can bring it home and, and wash it, and I, I try and um, keep a cover on it. Um, I do try to look after it, so I um, I tend to spray it all with... Um, I use 
cheap stuff you get from Super Cheap, the tyre shine. Yes. And wait for yeah. the $10 special, you get four for $10. <laughs> you get four for $10. <laughs> you can spray that on just about anything and it, it protects the So what do you spray, spray that on? on? Checker plate. Do you? And right. the tyres and all the rubber plastic stuff around the, the, the external part of the van, you know, your, your, your connector and your little cap that goes on the Hitchmaster thing, you know. And it, it really does preserve it. And uh, the only problem is down there, it also, it acts like a magnet for the dust. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I, I always try and look after the van. So tyre pressures and things, what do you normally tow it? Um, I'll probably get a lot of negative feedback on this, but I have, uh, when I took my van down to, um, to um, Melbourne, there was an issue when we got it, because the, the van was quite high off the road, they very inconveniently didn't bother checking the jack points were actually suitable for the jack. So I couldn't jack the van. I couldn't get the wheels off the ground. So um, I, um, I said to the, the uh, retreat, I said, I want this fixed. And they said, well, the best thing to do, if you bring it down to Victoria, you can stay in our compound, and then it'll be done by the chassis people, and then it's fully covered. But he, he said, if we recommend you go to Fred Bloggs, the world are down in Kirrawee, and you've got an issue. Um, who are the chassis people? G&S chassis yeah. won't look at you. So right. I said, that's fine. So I took it down there. And um, anyway, getting back to your question, the guy said to me, oh, you're running these tyres low. He said, um, he said, they should be running at 80 PSI. And I said, well, mate, when I, got, when I picked up the van, they were at 80 PSI, and the, the bloody caravan was <laughs> bouncing off the back of the car. And he said, oh, you should run... You know, so anyway, cutting long story short, I run mine about 45. Yeah. And I've been all around the place and off-road and, uh, you know, hot, stinking hot days yeah. up through Northern Territory and freezing cold days. And, you know, and I, one of my habits, whenever I stop, when I'm travelling, I always get out and put my hand on my eight wheels. Yes. Four car, four fans, just put my hand on. Yeah. And I can tell pretty much if there's a lot of heat there, then I've got an issue with pressure. And if they're too cold on a 45-degree day, then I'll go, you know. <laughs> and that's my rather than go around and, you know. Um, but, yeah, 45. And someone told me that you should always... Someone said to me that running different pressures front and rear by two or three PSI makes a difference. You have your front ones about three, two or three PSI lower than the back. And I thought, I don't... Anyway, I've tried that. I can't tell any difference, but that's how I do it. And my tyres never get never get anywhere near where I think, gee, they're, you know, they're way yeah. too hot for you know, what we're doing. Yeah. So I don't know what the concept is with 80 PSI. <laughs> <laughs> New to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're with Scott Gibbons. This is On The Road. We're, we're talking with John Leplaw, and the things that we're doing different to other shows is we're talking to real people, people who are actually got vans, people who are not being paid, people who are not sponsored, people who are not told to say something nice, John's giving it to you as it is, tells you all the real facts. John, is there a funny story that you've had in, in your travels? Yeah, well, I think most of our funny stories have been with pop tops, you know, is the lid up, is the lid down? And we were coming back from Murray-Marang National Park and our, our middle son was always a bit of a pain in the neck when we travelled and a bit of a practical joker and he's sitting in the car, when we, we left and, uh, and I'm in, in those days I'm in the Magna, right? And I'm thinking, what is wrong? I've got a handbrake on, you know? Like, and you look, you look in the mirror, you can't see anything anyway, you know, because the, the top's way up here. <laughs> and, the, and my son's saying, Dad, Dad, he said, the roof's up. 
I said, ah, oh, shut up, shut up, you know. <laughs> and Because I'm trying to concentrate on what the problem was. Anyway, the older son then turned around and he said, hey, Dad, he said, yeah, Justin's right, the, the lid's up. So we've been travelling about 40 k's, <laughs> and I could see the fuel gauge going like that. And, um, and I was so lucky I didn't rip the, the top off, you know, because I'm trying to get her up to about 100 kilometres an hour. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. All righty. <laughs> but um, yeah, you see a lot of funny things with other people. But, you um, did well. Tell us. Oh well, well I, we were up in um, Cape York a few years back, and uh, we went to um, what's the what's the thing called? Not uh, not shotgun. The other one. Um, um, a gunshot. A gunshot. Not gunshot. The one where they go down in the, the big. Yeah. We're sitting on the on the top of a dirt bank watching all these clowns go down and try you know, I can take my caravan down. So he <laughs> comes these two young couples with kids and their youths and they've got um, pop top caravans and they've bat- one of them's gone down and he's got to the bottom and the whole A frame sort of bent and buckled because he you know, like it was just not designed to do that sort of thing. Oh. So they, they took them, both of them about an hour to get it out, and then the other idiot decided to do the same thing, and he damaged the van. So, you know, we thought we were shaking our heads. And anyway, we, went, we ended up in the campsite at Elliot Falls um, and bumped into the same couple, and they were still trying to repair the vans. The vans had quite serious damage, you know, oh, everything dear. was getting buggled. And I thought, why would you put yourself through that? Just so you can say you've done it, you know? But uh, anyway, funny things like that. <laughs> But we've been very fortunate. We've had no um, no major dramas. Uh, oh, I'll tell you another classic. This is another classic. Um, we had, um, with the old Magnum, my um, father-in-law was a bit of a... He was an engineer and also used to like welding. And um, I wanted the tow bar, my first tow bar. So he said, look, don't buy one. I'll, I'll make one up for you. So we made this tow bar and we towed our little... Um, Coleman camper it was then, that, that was his camper. We towed it up to Early Beach, had a great holiday up there, and we're coming back through Coffs Harbour, and I just happened to look in the mirror, and I thought, why is the trailer? The trailer was sitting up like that, backside up in the air. Backside up at the end, nose down. Anyway, so I've pulled over, and we're luckily we're only about four k's out of Coffs, and um, the whole, the, the joints, the, the weld joints that he put I can't remember what the technical reason was, but they'd actually given away, and the and the whole tow bar had dropped down. It was it was attached by two bolts into the subframe thing, and it was just hanging, and it was literally that like four inches off the road. So the drawbar of the van Whoa. was down. And I thought, how lucky were we that we that I saw that because that could have been quite embarrassing. So I got we got it fixed by the local welder up there, and he said to me. He said, who did this welding job? I said, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> so I didn't want to say it was my father-in-law. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that, that was, uh, that was a quite a funny story, but I, I refused to let him make any more bars for me. <laughs> oh, John, you're fabulous. Thanks so much for your time. I know everybody listening is going to be uh, totally grateful that you've shared real truths, real stories. Mm-hmm. So as far as caravanning goes, you're still a fan. Oh, I love it, mate. That's the only way to travel. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing today. You travel around Australia, there are still so many 
places you can get off-road and there's no one there. I think the older we get, the more we travel, the less we like, we like caravan parks. Um, and there are so many places where you can just pull off and um, have great nights, play, play uh, bocce around the campfire and watch the, the magnificent Milky Way overhead. Yeah. And it's the, only way to, you know, it's the only way to travel. And, what uh, about the it. caravan parks? Do you find there's uh, people who are playing radios too loud or TVs too no, loud? No, I don't. Uh, no, I think I think a lot of people, most people are pretty considerate that way. It's it become it's becoming quite expensive, right? And um, it's becoming difficult to get into um, some places when you you know the time you want to travel. So how do you it, choose? Well, we've always been, Michelle's being a retired teacher we for years and years we were locked into into um traveling during school holidays so you've got to book ahead yeah you've got to pay top dollar and so we tend to um you know a lot of holidays uh, even now like um michelle's still part-time teachers and we've ah. got other friends that are still sort of in that industry so we always just try and go free camping and there's a lot when i say free camping there's a lot of places you can go and pay like private properties. Yeah. Um, yeah. We stayed at a great one up, Norrit Flat up inside um, uh, west of Wingham last year that was lovely, beautiful, you know, 20 bucks a night. And how did you find out about that? Uh, I was on a, on a, I, I normally Google campsites within so many kilometres of where and you, you get all the hits of wiki camps and this camp and that. And there's, there's a thousand <laughs> websites, which is a big problem because... More and more people suddenly become aware of these places. Yeah. They become more difficult to get into. <laughs> but uh, when you're out back, when you go out along, like NT, um, you know, Queensland, you can find some fabulous free camps on, you know, on the banks of rivers and just cost you nothing and there's no one else around. It's fabulous. So why would you want to be in a caravan park? <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. So you, you're with John, and, and this is Scott. We're on the road. I might say goodbye to John now because he's been so generous with his time and, and we'll, we'll pick out a little bit of music. John, you choose a song. Choose an Australian song and we'll play it for you now. Oh, well, a good one would be... Uh, have to be The Oilers. The Oilers, yeah. OK. Uh, so here's The Oilers. A particular one you want? Oh, Bedlam Bridge, I guess. <laughs> You've got it. Here it <laughs> comes for you now. Thanks, John, for your time. Place that knows no poverty, a town without pollution. There's always good intentions. There are canyons full of movie stars, churches made of metal. There are mountains made of muscle. We have leaders who are anxious. We have captains not courageous. Captains tumbling into madness. But there's a man who makes no enemies A body never breathless No ambition ever hopeless Up 
Up on Bedlam Bridge, somebody is waiting. Up on Bedlam Bridge, I'm shot to heaven. Oh, up on Bedlam Bridge, waiting. In these locked and shackled neighborhoods, bridge and tunnel diplomats see the golden ghettos creep out. Crazy flags for history Songs for the White House gangsters Guns for Hellgate and railway sleepers But there's a man who makes no enemies A body never breathless No ambition ever hopeless So how stands the city on this winter's night? The city on the hill, so they say Hey you, it's Scott Gibbons. This is On The Road. It's 89.9 FM. Hawkesbury Gold, the best in the West. New segment for you. It's called Hints. So this is all about travelling. I'm with Jimmy. You heard Jimmy being interviewed a little while ago. And Jimmy's going to tell us one more hint about how to pack your van. Jimmy, away you go. Okay, well look, this is only my impression, but I, I really think you pack all your clothes, you take them out, put them in the caravan, take half of them back because you don't really need them, but double your underwear, okay? Because you never know where you're going to be. If you're going to be stuck for washing, whatever, you can wear most things, but don't double your underwear. There you go. That's a beauty. So take all your clothes, take them out of the caravan, and then take half back, but double your underwear. So, Jimmy, thanks for that hint. What about another song for you? What about, uh, who would you like? A little bit of Billy Thorpe, yeah, maybe? Billy Thorpe would be great. Yeah? Most people think that I'm crazy. <laughs> That's going to be your theme song. Probably right. <laughs> Most people I know think that I'm crazy. Billy Thorpe, 
And that's courtesy of Jimmy. Thanks for listening. You're with 89.9 FM, Scott Gibbons, and you enjoy this song.
Thanks so much for listening in to On The Road. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, then listen in again next Sunday between 1 and 2 and tell your friends to listen in. And the sponsors, you look after our sponsors because those sponsors are the ones that bring you the show. I'm Scott Gibbons. I'll see you next week between 1 and 2. 89.9 Hawkesbury Gold, the best in the West, between 1 and 2 every Sunday. We'll see you next week on the road. Mm-hmm.